step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari. Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is Tuesday. September the 22nd, 2015. I always have to make sure I look at my calendar because I go back a month, <laughs> like children just starting over. And speaking of children, you all probably know that I do have twin girls, nine years of age. One of them has two projects, social studies and science. So we're just finishing up the Native Americans, and then we're on to the ocean ec- ecosystem, but the other twin don't have anything. So my task has really been busy. This week, and sometimes husbands are not always hands-on with those type of things. They come in and say, oh, that looks great, and then they move on. Uh, so my hands have really been tied. But I am so very excited. Well, it's two reasons why I'm excited. One is because I get to make my own work schedule, so I'm very excited because I'm a star of the month. So I'm kind of like, okay, everybody's looking at me like, uh, she's not going to pick the schedule because I'm a servant. She's not going to pick the closing section. I'm going to have to close. Well, you might be right. I might not pick that closing section. That's right. I'm going to take advantage of these two weeks of making my own schedule. <laughs> and I'm also very, because I wish I could be there in Washington, D.C. right now to meet the Pope. That's an awesome historical moment right here for all of us. Um, if you don't know, that this is his first visit to the United States, and he will be making a number of historic historic memories for all of us today. I'm just so excited. I wish my daughters could have been at that school to get the chance to meet him as well. So, yay. And I will keep you up on further updates on that. And speaking of politics, I have here with me a special guest. And I know I always say special, but all my, all my loved ones are special. He's a talented evaluator, a government performances, and clean politics. He's a nonpartisan evaluator of government and public servant performances. He is the creator of the American State Litter Scorecard, Litter Scorecard, and which is on the website, um, LitterScoreCard.com. Yeah, and we will be talking about the filthiest, the lowdown, everything. We might even talk about you, Donald Trump. Who knows? Because it's been getting a little spicy with the candidates and keeping us laughing on our toes. But do call in at three four seven four two six three seven five one. Your opinion does matter, but we're gonna keep it clean. We're not going to be feisty or nasty on this show. And the chat box will be open just for you. Steve, so glad to have you on today. It's it's a pleasure. I love talking about politics, love love to get into things of it. Um, so, Steve, um, 
Let's talk about exactly what it is that you actually do, Steve. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Spacek, and I live just outside of the District of Columbia, and I, I am a government consultant, and I research uh, governments, uh, federal, state, and local. And okay. I have a master's administration, and, of course, uh, I am calling from the D.C. area. Oh, see, that, that's so wonderful. And see, you right there where the action is at. That's got to be so awesome for you. And um, they just said, um, just now, you know, because it's all on Twitter, talking about Pope. So, oh, this is going to be very exciting. So I would definitely keep you up on your toes, my listeners, about this, if you don't know. Um, so I know people have to be probably afraid of you, Steve, when you even come around, because I know you get into the grind of things on politics. Like, oh, here you come. Run, everybody. He's going to start. I don't even want to open my mouth. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even open my mouth around you, Steve. I'd be like, you know what? I don't even have an opinion. <laughs> I'd be too scared to ask you anything. So, um, Steve, as far as it goes, now, you're the creator of the American State Litter Score Card. Explain that to us. What's this all about? Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, first, I want to thank you for having me on the show. You're and so I welcome. believe... Uh, and you, uh, another blog talk guest on your network would be the one, the guy named Bert Martinez, Money for Lunch. He has yes. a competing show on the same network. So um, um, what happened is so many years ago, I w- worked on a master's degree in public administration. I had to pick a topic, and I first covered, I want to know about, environmental conditions, mainly in the South, um, and you probably already know if, if I haven't told you or maybe in the biography I sent that I, I grew up um, four to five states east of you in Texas. And yet yeah. when, I, when, I, when I did my research, uh, it covered... Yes, I'm still here, Steve. Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, I uh, covered the entire South and some outlier states just outside the South, but I was interested in this issue because no one else covered it and because I saw people being injured or killed. And originally I had collected data or looked at just the South, and I was thinking this was a Southern problem. And then after I got out of graduate school and I started going to professional conferences to uh, present this information, I found out it was a national problem and not just the South. And then people wanted me to explore the similar situation in, uh, outside the southern states. And so by 2008, I had enough information to go national, and I did what is called the American Society for Public Administration. They have an annual conference, and then they'll have a regional conference. For example, a year ago, uh, mm-hmm. I know, I believe, you had worked at the Marriott at uh, the Perimeter Center at Atlanta, and we had our conference there a year, exactly a year ago this week. And right. it was a wonderful event. And I did strictly the southern states and southern cities, but basically I look at their environmental conditions, how they can be improved, people's behaviors, the political behaviors behind them, and then I, I kind of strive for improvements. And then I started the website to um, – uh, and I website mainly the governments that are not doing well. And sadly, Georgia 
is one of those that have not been doing well, and I could go on and on. But that, that's what Either. my work covers. Yes, ma'am. I was like, oh, oh, that's terrible. Oh, I didn't want to have to hear that, but, hey, the truth is the truth. <laughs> now, now among, among those, we also have um, you rated as Wyoming is now with South Carolina and Indiana as the top three states for trash wastefulness by citizens themselves, too. Uh, yes, ma'am, and sadly, even more than those states you just mentioned, there is an organization here in the Washington area. It's called stateintegrity.org. Mm-hmm. Their data, their data is about three years old, but until they give some updates, Georgia was rated the most corrupt of the 50 states, and it scored wow. an F on these. Yes, ma'am. And I have some characters. If any of your Georgia listeners, uh, and I'm sure you got quite a few, the, the state capital at Atlanta scored wet, uh, poorly on these factors, and I'm going to just read them quickly. Public access okay. to information, uh, civil service management, pension fund management, the insurance commission, political financing of campaigns, lobbying, ethics, and redistricting. It scored an F on all those indicators. And, that again, we're talking about uh, the peach state. Wow. That Oh, that really kinda of brings down the bragging rights now. Okay. <laughs> I don't wanna brag. And I was born and raised here. I I don't think I wanna brag anymore, Steve. I'm done bragging. <laughs> now that I know this information, you have opened my eyes to something new now. No more bragging for any of us. Before we brag, we better check that litter card and be like, Hold on, wait a minute. Okay. I just know that's for anybody. Check the litter card. <laughs> Please check it. So, um, um, uh, amongst all this, um, Steve, what other states or cities lead or are losers at quality environmental performance? Well, sadly, it's right on the line. But where I grew up in Texas, it's also just like Atlanta and Georgia has uh, the uh, Dallas, Houston parts of Texas are doing bad. Uh, we we had mentioned South Carolina. I want to mention Louisiana, especially around New Orleans. It's doing a poor job. It's also a highly corrupt state. Kentucky, up the road from you, is uh, high on corruption and has is a poor performer. And then not really Florida, but the Miami area of Florida is doing poorly. And then uh, as we leave the south, uh, if you head out west to Nevada, it's a top poor performing state. And then also out west, we have Wyoming and New Mexico, South Dakota. Those western states are poor performers. And as we work our way back east, uh, in, we mentioned Indiana. Um, not really anything in the northeast, but uh, I will say this. City-wise, a lot of the cities that I, if I mention a city, it's because Travel and Leisure Magazine and also Forbes in the last three to four years have done a rating of what they call America's dirtiest cities, and mm. both magazines, uh, both magazines had Atlanta down. However, the the travel and leisure one had it the highest rating for uh, the highest worst rating was a fifth place for Atlanta, whereas Forbes uh, lowered it a little bit on theirs. But they both made their top twenty dirty cities, uh, and then city wise, uh, New York City is is the leading 
Or And when I say New York City, you could throw in northern New Jersey. I was just in New Jersey uh, last Friday around Newark, and they have severe, horrible environmental conditions. And uh, the nearby city of New York, uh, Yonkers, is going to have a mayoral election as well uh, next month. And then if you go oh, see, between it. Steve, repeat yes, that ma'am. again. Repeat that uh, again. Yes, ma'am. I mentioned Certainly. The New York City area, Travel and Leisure, they rated it the worst. And if we're st- we're still there, right? Yes, we're still here. Uh, yes, ma'am. And then, let's see, uh, Forbes rated uh, Stockton, no, it was Fresno, California, the worst for their things. But most other cities I'm about to mention have met, met, made both magazines lists. I mentioned Atlanta being on both magazines lists. And other cities include Philadelphia and Baltimore. And uh, I could talk a lot about those two cities. There'll be some changes in both cities very shortly on the mayor end. And then as we go south, uh, other cities to look at would be Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I mentioned Miami, Miami Beach. Uh, Savannah, Georgia is going to have an election. And then as we work our way uh, westward, Indianapolis, um, and I mentioned New Orleans. Uh, I can say I can throw in Bowling Green, Kentucky, because it's a city, loca- and also Louisville, Kentucky. Both of those cities are going to have a change of mayor, but they're also in locations where they have environmental problems. And then, as we go further west, I mentioned the cities in Texas, uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, near El Paso, has some problems. Uh, and then if you head towards Las Vegas, Nevada, they have some severe mm-hmm. environmental problems. And then around Chicagoland area uh, oh. and, and Detroit, Michigan, those are the areas, wow. uh, especially Warren, Warren, Michigan outside of, those are the areas that stand out. Have, they're the losers or the poor performers environmentally. Wow. That makes you don't even want to go to these places just listen to that like. <laughs> These are some states that really need to get themselves together. How would they be able to do that from all, all of that? Who's, who's over all this, Steve? Is it entitled to our government to start stepping in and making a change? Well, you know, that's a good question. I want you to know a couple of weeks ago uh, up in Virginia, in Arlington, Virginia, outside of Washington, they have what is called a National Environmental Justice Conference meeting. And I got to speak. And there are people from across the country. Uh, you may not know this, but in uh, Colorado and New Mexico, they, the EPA, uh, had were, they were cleaning out this mine. And I don't know all the, but some, of the pol- some pollution came from these mines that the EPA created. And this is the agency that enforces the laws of, of the states. Well, this pollution got, in, get on, got into this river called the Animus River, and then it flowed into some Indian reservations. And the Indians were very upset that the EPA created this pollution. So uh, uh, basically, even the people that are duty-bound to help clean up all this and do better, you can't really trust them to do their job. So you're pretty much on your own. You have to be your own role model uh, for cleanliness. Right. Oh, boy, and just even speaking on this, we have a, I mean, we have been dealing with a lot of corrupt candidates just thinking on that issue alone. 
Uh, yes, ma'am. Well, for example, I mentioned Georgia. I, I could mention uh, Nathan Deal, <laughs> the, uh, the governor of Georgia, and, of course, the mayor of Atlanta. By the way, your mayor does not like me when I send him emails. <laughs> he doesn't like me, but I send him some very truthful information. So I don't I don't know what to think. However, I want you to know the the AJC, the Journal Con, they like me because they follow me on Twitter and they like they put my stuff out. So besides you, they like me. Hey, a lot of people don't and, like the truth when it comes out. I mean, I don't care who yeah. you are, uh, what politician you are. If you wrong, you just wrong. Especially that time when I had to get laid off at the airport. So, um, Mayor, bump you. <laughs> I'm going to put it in a nice way Bump you man <laughs> And, and Technisha I want to tell you this The comments uh, You st- you can hear me right I can I hear you Oh Yes ma'am uh, The comments I made I didn't A lot of this information I didn't create Other people created the information All I did is I'm a messenger Of that information The corruption numbers That was from an organization that I trusted and the litter scorecard numbers that was a collective of numbers that other people had all I did is put them together I packaged it so that everybody could hear it and and they may not like what I'm hearing but I did the dirty work of collecting the information and putting it in a package for the common people to see and uh, um, it, it is a sad commentary I think if you notice in uh, the people running for office, we had a guy named St- Scott Walker, and I'm not—I'm a nonpartisan person, but he's quitting the race. And the people that are doing well on the Democratic and Republican sides—one uh, thing that, that they're not really professional politicians; they're—they're they're more entrepreneurs or non-political people, and they're gaining the biggest polling numbers right now. Uh, at the moment, it could change. But I think a lot of the American people, uh, they want to see a non-political, non um, – I'm going to be blunt now. I'm going to use a, a, a slang term, the non-BS kind of person to get things done. They're tired of career politicians. And I think there's that feeling across the country um, that people want some sort of change. You know, people – the uh, economic recovery has not been as full as it could be. And there's a lot of anger out there, especially in non-white communities. And and also, I know something about uh, what's going to happen in the elections. Uh, and I, but I, basically, there's a lot of anger out there, and people are unable to channel that anger, and it leads to violence and some other issues. But there's a lot of anger out there. Why? Well, that's that's a downside of dealing with politics. People are going to have their opinion. They're going to be very angry. But at the same time, we have to face these issues at hand. What is going to be done for our country? What are you doing besides collecting your enhancements of all these profits going to you? And we're not seeing anything. And I like uh, one of the candidates I, I, I'm liking so far is Rubio. He speaks to me. He does. He speaks to me. We have so many of us citizens out here dealing with debt, we have parents who's barely making a decent paycheck, have husbands who may be sick, wives out there busting their butts or vice versa just to get the bills paid. We're trying to provide for our children. That's why I say I don't want any more children. This world is, 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 
It's not as easy as it seems to have them. You have to plan for them. We need someone who's going to stand beside us for the American working people. Some people, some of our candidates standing up there right now on that podium don't understand that. They have that life. I don't even think Donald Trump understands it. He's keeping up all this fuss and this mess, but I need to hear the real issues. What are you going to do for us working citizens out here that, that really need this help? We're, we're going from paycheck to paycheck, and, you know, we're trying to figure out how our bills going to be paid the next day. You know, all those issues set down, and we need someone who's going to help us because we've been needing help for the longest. We, we need that because I'm one of those working citizens who tries yeah. to bust her butt, provide for my children, make sure they got a good, decent education. They don't know what's going on. So we need that. And if I can't believe that you're going to tell you, you can talk all the smack that you want, Donald Trump, because he's getting on my last nerve. And I'll be dang, excuse me for saying this on my show, I don't care how far it goes. But we be dumb. I'm going to say we will be dumb if we vote for him. I'm going to ask anybody out off my Facebook because I'm not going to go for that. I'm not. It's, that's, that's foolishness to me. I mean, I don't see him being a great candidate for us. And he's and what I like about I do like his standards because he don't back down. And that's a straight bulldog. But at the same time I can't be bothered with an egotistical person as him. So no. He will not get that vote from me. At all. But well, you know, technically You know, if I heard you right earlier, you said that you kinda like if I'm right, it was Marco Rubio, is that correct? Yes, I, I do like him, and I hope that he's on the right page with me too, Steve. Um, yeah. But, you know, it can always I, be a downside to everything. I, I was going to make a comment about him. Um, he is from the Miami area to the south of Atlanta, and if there's a problem urban area immediately south of you uh, that would be, I hate to use the word corrupt, that would be the area where he's from. Uh, they're going to have a mayoral election there. Um next month and it's okay. it's funny it's a highly republican area but of all these dirty cities it's probably the most corrupt dirtiest of the dirty republican areas in the united states urban wise so that's very unusual right. and, and the other thing is um his po- he right now as of cnn they, they had a cnn poll released yesterday he is uh mm-hmm. rubio is 11 percent and whereas Trump is 24 percent of, wow. of, of the of the yeah 24 versus 11, and um, the other thing I want to mention really quick, um, uh, Trump has been you know he's a showman he's an entertainer he ran the Apprentice show, right. uh, he, he he does lack some substance he says I'm going to do something, um, but he doesn't have the the real plan and then when he comes out with mm-hmm. a plan it, it lacks. But I think he's popular because um, people watch the show. People like the way that he would be blunt and say, you're fired, and he would take on these personalities and fire them. And I think that's part of his fan base. It's, it's They know mm-hmm. very little about politics because uh, it, it kind of reminds me of <clears throat> your governor, Nathan Deal. Nathan Deal is a show person. He got reelected. I mean, he's been involved in some scandals. I hate to say that, uh, and I won't get into it, but the people right. like uh, he's a showboater, and they're willing to support a showboater. Yeah. Right. Uh, over and over, just like Louisiana <laughs> had some showboat po- politicians. That would be the other showboat state. 
in the South. And then I, I want to make a real co- quick comment. Trump and Hillary Clinton and one or two other candidates, they all, and also Bernie Sanders too, they all live in the New York City area or, or are from there. So, and also the three of them had connections to Chicago. So there's going to be this New York-Chicago roughness to the campaign. If any of them make it further on, you will see a little more mudslinging that is typical of politicians around New York City and Chicago that you wouldn't see maybe in Atlanta or in the South or elsewhere in the United States. Wow. And and just speaking on that, about the notable cities having mayoral elections for next month in November, um, that um, also you spoke of there are travel and leisure for dirty cities um, besides just that, we also have Memphis, Tennessee, um, Savannah, Georgia, South Charleston, South Carolina, Indianapolis. I mean, the list is pretty um, extended, but what are two debated issues facing most of these cities? Oh, yes, ma'am. And they, they, had, they have uh, nothing to do with what I mentioned so far, but one of them is transportation funding. Um, one, uh, the reason why it's debate: the cities need money. Atlanta needs money. You got the you got the, the, the you know the loop around Atlanta. It's crowded. Now, uh, of course, there's no election in Atlanta, but there is one in, in Savannah. All these cities need transportation funds, and Congress is still the House is still run by Republicans, and they don't really want to see more funding like like uh, the Democratic Senate does. So there's the and also. There's a chance of a government shutdown this week. You might, by the end of this week, the federal government may shut down. And I don't, I can't make any predictions, but that plays into getting more funding for cities. And then one last, the other thing, and it definitely affects Atlanta and then certain cities that are even dirty or clean, is the issue of sanctuary cities where, uh, for example, in Europe, we have people leaving the Middle East or Syria or North Africa. They want to get to Europe. Those countries, some of them feel like they can't handle the load of new immigrants, so they're basically closing their borders. The same argument that we have com- uh, people here in America make about closing both our border with Mexico and even our border with uh, Canada. And so um, some some politicians running for mayor in certain cities, and this would include people running uh, in Houston, which was a dirty city, Philadelphia, a dirty city. And I I had a list of other sanctuary cities where there will be a mayoral election um, as I turn the page here. Um, I mentioned Houston and Philadelphia being two of those cities. And then um, and if I can go over... My list here, <laughs> uh, and I have it right here. Yeah, the, oh, that would include right. Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is outside of El Paso, uh, mm-hmm. Warren, Michigan. Warren, Michigan's outside of Detroit, uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is outside of New York City, and also Yonkers and Miami. Uh, sanctuary cities will be an issue in all those because they have a lot of Hispanics or just immigrants coming to these cities. They don't have uh, the cities don't have enough money. That's part of the reason why they may be dirty because they don't have budget funds for transportation and also to clean those cities, but also not enough funds to uh, take care of of, uh, 
rising population sizes. And so they have to make some tough choices. And one of the tough choices is to uh, boot out people or weed them out of the city limits. They have to be very creative, but, like, we don't want any more people coming here. We don't mind some people coming here, but we can't uh, take on everybody coming here. And that those that, uh, that a person be a legitimate resident of the city and have credentials because um, that is a big political issue, not just with cities but also on the state level, is people want, want, cert- they want something for nothing. And I guess citizenship is a, is a valid, uh, is a way to prove that you're entitled or that you, you paid your dues to have services rendered. And then that if, you're, if you're not a citizen and you don't pay taxes, uh, then they want to put them down, put those people down on the lower totem pole in terms of receiving those services. So those cities I mentioned, uh, this is going to be an issue. Is uh, you know they have to make who's going to get the services, who won't, and will do citizens get first priority? The transportation issue is also those will be issues brought up in those elections, or at least or on the mind of people running in those cities that I mentioned. Right. Um, um, and just going back, you know, going back to when we were talking about Donald Trump, you know, I was thinking, you know, it, it, it is amazing that we choose him because even with um, his history of more liberal position on certain issues, it don't seem to face voters um, at all. I mean, people are still going to support him, and it goes all the way back to our grassroots and everything, that the fact that Donald Trump, I I agree with someone else that they said Donald Trump is punishment to a Republican elite that wasn't listening to their grassroots. So it is something to think about, but, hey, you know, each to their own. If you want to support that, then, hey, go right ahead, but don't come crawling and crying when the things don't go your way because of who you voted for because I don't think it's just going to work out. Um, but what we're going to do, we're going to take a short break with Steve, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to get into talking about more of these things, um, um, especially who turns out to vote in an election and who does not. So stay tuned on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Log Talk Radio, baby. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. 
Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Steve, and again, we're waiting on the Pope. He is on his way to the United States from Cuba. Oh, this is so exciting. I can't wait for it, for him to speak on AGW. And Catholic Church really has changed. I'm, I would have to say I am very so happy with Pope Francis. Um, I commend him for his commitment to the Jewish-Catholic relations, because years ago it wasn't like that. It always was a, a war. In a world where religion is often seen as a cause of suffering, the 50-year young relationship between Jews and Catholics demonstrates that change and reconciliation are achievable and that even a centuries-old enmity can be overcome. And that just comes to show you we can change. We don't have to be stuck in our same ways. And some people choose not to do that. They want to be stuck in the same ways, but this man is breaking that barrier, breaking the barrier with gay marriage because things are, things are coming about. There's, I mean, there's no point in sitting there judging, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. Who are we to tell that to? I, I, I can't go and tell this man or woman that they can't do what they want to do. I don't know. I was raised the way I was raised, and maybe they was raised differently, but, you know, things are coming about, so I really commend him, and we're excited. Pope, we want you here. Yes, come on to the U.S. We are so happy. There are no regrets here. Um, Getting back to my loved one, Steve. Um. When it comes to U.S. voters, who turns out to vote in election and who does not? Uh, yes, ma'am. I got some uh, data from multiple sources. There's one called the U.S. Election Center Project, and I like their okay. data because – and I want to give a hats off to uh, two political scientists that uh, years ago they're still practicing. They both grew up in the South. But I want to give, and also your listeners in Georgia especially, they may want to take notice of them. One down in Florida is Susan McManus at uh, uh, University of South Florida. She sort of taught me when I was an undergrad, and she's on CNN. And she's, she's a political conservative, but she's very good about southern states' elections. So, and then I want to get a hat off to Dr. Richard Murray, who grew up in Louisiana, and he teaches at University of Houston, where I got my undergrad. And he's a, he's a Texas political scientist. He does elections there. Susan McManus does. And they have a great knowledge of places like Atlanta and Georgia and the southern states. So I just want to, uh, if any of your listeners plug in their names, I would uh, uh, watch their observations. Now, regarding the electorate, back in two, last year when we had these fall elections for governors, and local elections, uh, the typical electorate that came out, it was 69% white, 12% black, 11% Hispanic, 4% Asian, the rest is other. In the last 20 years in America, people that are 45 to 64 are the vast majority of people from an age standpoint. They make up more than 50 to 60% of the people that actually turn out the 45, the 65 crowd. Then the next coming out to elections is those age 35 to 44, and then it's followed by people that are very young, ages uh, 18 to 25. And then I have a very interesting, uh, there was an article in a newspaper in California that uh, mentioned uh, that most registered voters in the United States are of the following. They are unmarried single, unmarried or single women, non-whites, 
uh, people 18 to 35. They are the majority of the registered voters. They make up about 60% of the registered voter population. But out of that registered voter population, these same people that have registered to vote are not showing up at the polls, especially African Americans and Latinos. And then when you look at, uh, you know, I mentioned um, that Louisiana, Mississippi, and Kentucky, they're going to have a governor's race, and then Savannah and other cities in the south, uh, including Miami Beach, uh, Houston, Lafayette, and Philadelphia up the road from you, and other cities, uh, Charleston, they're all going to have a mayor's race. And basically, the more east and north you go, the turnout tends to get worse. Uh, for example, and again, this is a this is a prediction based on some numbers I have. But um, for example, the Georgia, the Savannah Georgia race, um, only 38 percent of the registered voters would show up at that election. Down in Miami, even though it's highly Hispanic and highly African, um, it may actually have a higher turnout, 43%. But when you head towards, uh, and Louisiana and Kentucky have 44% turnout rates. But when you head towards Louis, uh, Mississippi and Texas, especially Texas, Texas is probably the biggest state with the worst voter turnout. It's like 25 to 28%. So people wow. in uh, the Texas elections and also Philadelphia and Yonkers, they've had a terrible turnout as low as 18% of the vote, I mean, total electorate. That means you have all these single women, you have young people, you have African Americans and Hispanics. They're registered to vote, but they don't want to go for some reason when it comes to having a new mayor or a new governor. They're not. They're not showing at the polls, even when you change the law to give them advanced voting uh, privileges, or you can vote even electronically now in some places. They're just people are not taking advantage of it, and you have basically white people over 45. They tend to be conservative or they're churchgoer. They're making the decisions for everybody. They're they're the minority of the voter, and yet that minority is making the voting decisions and determining who becomes their mayor or governor. Right. Wow. And um, what was, um, Steve, because I know Scott Walker, he was um, mm-hmm. the elected governor of Wisconsin in 2010. What was his reasons for dropping out of this race? You know, it's funny. I I just found out about it late yesterday, and I heard the radio this morning. Well, number one, this poll, uh, I guess you can still hear my voice. My uh, my cell phone yeah. is not the greatest. He had he had less than, uh, uh, let's see, I think his poll number, yeah, I have it right here. When they did the CNN poll in the last, over the weekend, his numbers were just horrible. He had only uh, 1% or less of the... Republicans behind him, potentially only 1%, whereas Donald Trump, on the opposite end, um, he had, Donald Trump had 24%. Right now, he's the leader. And I think Walker thought originally he was going to, he's going to, it was going to be a cakewalk. And obviously, I think he can't take on Donald Trump. And also, he told people when he quit, we need a conservative that can defeat Donald Trump. 
but he didn't mention his name. But basically, and I, I will I will say this, Technicia, I'm, I've seen a lot of people running in my lifetime for jobs. I've worked in political campaigns. They would spend a lot of money and not win the election or not win the polling numbers. And personally, right. my view is there's too many people running, and if you're not willing to spend the money or get your poll numbers up, you really need to be be out of the race. And so I think it was smart. Um, he saw the mirror. He, the mirror was in his face. He moved on. I would like to suggest uh, to your audience that um, that maybe on the Democratic side, Martin O'Malley and Jim Webb drop out. They need to be uh, out of the race for their side because their numbers are terrible. And then also for Republicans, I wish to suggest that that John Kasich, Chris Christie, uh, Rand Paul, Mike Huckabee, um, those people, and then also um, uh, besides those people, um, um, uh, uh, Bobby Jindal and um, what's that guy's name? The guy in Florida, Graham, Lindsey Graham. They all they all should drop out because their their numbers are not conducive. They're basically spending money and getting nothing for it. And I took economics. I've lived a very cost efficient life. And you know, in this Washington area as well as living even in Atlanta, they're they're not the cheapest cities. You have to watch your money and your expenditures if you want to survive these cities. You don't do foolish things with your money. You watch your budget. Personally, I think some of these candidates they're foolish with their money. And it, and, right. and I think when you have to leave a race and have all this big debt behind you, and then these same people want to serve the public, but they can't even handle their own personal finances. I have issues with that. Right. Uh, even even Ben Carson, he's behind on Donald Trump. I think he's like at 14%. Uh, yes, ma'am. As of the poll yesterday, he's at 14%. You're right. Wow. I, mm. I agree with you. These candidates gonna to have to step up to the part, and and no offense, it looks like it looks to be like on the Republican side that um, Trump is doing good. Now, as far as to go with Democrats, what chances do Hillary Clinton um, stand uh, right now, Steve? Oh yes, ma'am. The same poll. Uh, there were two polls, but I'll cite the CNN. You know, CNN their their headquarters is in Atlanta, and Atlanta. I will tell you this: if you have a story. Used to be it used to go through New York City, but I want to say right now in the United States, Atlanta, you can pat yourself on the back, is the news center, the news capital of the United States in a lot of ways. Uh, it, the, yes. the news may come out of New Yeah. I'm still here. Oh, no, I was, I was agreeing with you. Uh, Hillary, the, uh, the, the CNN and the Real Clear poll – they got Hillary at 42 and 43%, so that's almost pretty much the same. Bernie Sanders was at 24 and 23%, so those numbers are almost mm-hmm. alike. And then if Joe Biden choose to run, he would get about 20 to 22%. So it's pretty close, but if you take out if you take Joe Biden out of it, then actually Hillary Clinton may actually move up. And so it's a wait and see. Will Joe Biden go in or not? But he, he, he's, if he's going to decide, I think it's going to be fairly soon, like in the next couple of weeks. But my instincts are, are he isn't going to run. 
So I would say Hillary's numbers will go back up. It'll be basically a war between Hillary and Bernie. It'll be a very fierce war. And though Hillary's right. numbers will go up, I think once Biden is completely, if he only only if he goes in, will be a competitive race. That's going to be, it'll be kind of like 2008 all over again. It was Hillary versus Barack, and like one would outdo each other in one race, and then they would outdo each other in another race, and they would watch each other and and make snide remarks, and and so the Democratic race could actually get nastier than the Republican one. And uh, so that's how I see it right now. Well, it's caught, and and just going back to, and just going back to um, Hillary, because right now she seems to, she seems to be on top as being qualified candidate. Um, as nine and ten Democratic primary voters say that she is qualified. While for Rubio, you got eighty-two percent, Bush eighty percent, and about eight and ten Republican primary voters. About say the same, so oh, I don't know. This is like a this is gonna be a neck to neck war to really see. And then I don't know. Uh, well, with Hillary Clinton, you know, it goes back to the fact with the emails and stuff. Like, uh, you know, can we really trust all that? You let your emails leak out, so I don't know. This this seems to be a good race with the candidates that we do have on board right now, and just to see them, it's kind of hilarious going back and forth. And then we have um, what's her name for. for Fiorina. Um, Fiorina. I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, then we have her. But Clinton popping. But right now, Clinton popping her. Yes, ma'am. I just want to interject real quick that next to Trump, she's the now the second leading. She overtook Carson. She has 15%. It's 24 for Trump, 15 for Arena. Wow. And they had this picture. I just this will be very funny because Trump <laughs> in the debates had said that something about her face. She was showing her face around. So, right, so this cartoon it, it was this cartoon has her wearing a boxing glove and she had beat up Donald Trump and, and, and his face had uh uh was bleeding and it had uh uh bandages on it and she, and the cartoon says, Look now look look at his face <laughs> So Yeah, she's formidable it. right now. Right, and I think I did see that. I mean, he was going around calling her ugly. I mean, come on. Then try to clear it up in the debate. Well, I think she's a very beautiful woman. Come on now, Trump. Which one is it now? Don't don't try to don't try to change the story up. But she's coming back hard, so I'm glad we need a woman to fight because that's what it takes. With Donald Trump, the way he's acting and his comments on immigrants and everything else, we need someone who's going to be just as much as a bulldog to fight with him. That's what it takes. It takes someone who got just as much bite. So kudos to you, Fiorina. I like you already, and I hope I hope that you do elevate and get us to a higher standard or whatsoever, because I don't think it's going to be Donald Trump on that list. And you, and you know what, Technicia, it would be very interesting if it was Fiorina as the nominee on one side and, and Hillary Clinton on That would be a, a, a very good political cat fight. That would be oh, so interesting. It, it would be classic. Oh, that would. We need that. Yes. That oh, That would be just inter- interesting as um, the Pope being here. Yes. We, <laughs> we need that. So um, as far as it goes with all these polls, Steve, what do you think the outcome will be as 
as you can see, probably see more into the future than most of us. Well, when you say you mean who would win or who would turn out the vote or? Yes. Who you think, well, that's who a you good think, one. Who do you see winning? To, to be honest, um, I my instincts tell me there's not a winner right now. It's going to be a fight. It's going to, I think, the winner will, there'll be more mudslinging, there'll be more bad names, there'll be more catcalling, and I think the person that can do the mudslinging the best you know, it, it'll be uh, it's a, it'll be it'll be um, it'll be a battle royale, it'll, and whoever wins that that will be the nominee, and and we ain't what's the old saying we ain't seen nothing yet, and right. other than that, and other than that, until we know that, I don't I don't expect a good turnout, certain with women certain women or younger people or or non-whites because. The turnout is going to depend on whoever wins that battle royale. Can they get single women? Can they get people under age 35? Can they get African Americans, Hispanics, and Asians to the polls? If they can do that, they will win the election. If they can't, then there will be a narrow margin, a small number of people determining the winner at the poll, and we will then people will complain later, well, um, I don't like this candidate that won, but, you know, it's funny. The same people that complain are often the people that don't go out and vote when it's election time or they don't go to their state capitol or city hall to let their leaders know about problems. I mean, I hate to say that, but I, I tell this to young people all the time when I meet young people in high school or college. Those are the people – if you see a problem that government needs to fix, those are the people you have to address. Going out in the street – and protesting or causing violence won't solve the problem. It will take tax dollars to fix those problems, and you go back to square one. But to, that's just how our society works. And those I tell young people in various groups that don't vote enough, this is what you need to do. If you do it, you may start seeing some results. Right. And just getting back to the uh, Fiorina, see, that's why she had changed her name. Her name really just tickles me. But the fact that she actually never even ran in a, a actual election itself, maybe up against Boxer, and that was 2010, but she also ran the H.P. Hewlett um, Packer Company. But, um, you know, she didn't do that as well. So now I thought this is how we know that she will run anything well and just putting her up against Hillary. It would be, it would be good to put her up against Hillary, but the fact that gets me because all of them, and I do agree with Rubio a little bit, we're all talking about what we have done in business. Oh, I did this. I served this. I've been around the world. Okay, I don't care. And I, I agree with him. I don't think the uh, hardworking citizens will care what you have done as far as traveling, met this person or that person. We just want to know what you're going to do for us, and that's not what we're hearing from these but um, candidates mostly. But um Hopefully, see, this will be a good turnout, and we will see some good outcome from this. It's, like I said, it's keeping us on our toes, keeping us laughing at the same time, because all these candidates are really funny, because I don't see none of them really stacking up against the other. Like, who is better than others? It's like, it's almost like probably putting a bunny next to a um, a turtle. We don't know who's going to do what. 
I mean, we know a rabbit probably moves faster than a turtle, but both of them are kind of like in that showboat where, okay, you're not better than the other one. Your toe's not better than the other one. So we kind of left with nothing to choose from, Steve. So let's just all just pray for us and that we that we get somebody who cares. That's all I can say. We're going to pray on this one because this this is an outcome that none of it probably won't be in our hands. But, um, Steve, um, is there anything else that you could leave us with um, if people want to find your website, get in contact with you maybe? Uh, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, um, the website, and I'll spell it out, is litterscorecard.com. And it'll have the contact us information. And basically, I tell I, I put out uh, I put out already on the internet these elections I mentioned, and I tell people if you live in any of these, uh, if you live in Louisiana, Kentucky, Mississippi, or if you live in these dirty cities, make sure you go out and vote in the next 30 plus days when these elections take place. The the, the closest one is the one in Memphis is on October 8th. The Louisiana governor election is on October 24th, and then the Kentucky governor and the cities, the other cities mentioned, they're all going to be on Tuesday, November 3rd. So if you live in those cities I mentioned, please show up. They need you, especially if you're if you're a, a single woman, or if you're under age 35, or if you're African American or Hispanic or Asian. Please, please. Go to vote those days in those cities and states. They need you. And then um, right. um, if you have a political problem or a government problem, the website has my contact information. And um, I don't disclose my phone number because I've been threatened with bodily harm in the last 10 years for uh, reporting on these governments. So I have, I have limited contact information. If they follow the instructions on the website or Google, they will be able to reach me, and I'll be glad to respond in kind. And also, I hope that you'll consider having me about this time next year to do an update. I sure will be glad to do that. I, I definitely most certainly will. Steve, it's been a pleasure just opening our eyes out to what's in front of us and us talking about the elections, and we hope for a great outcome. As I agree with Steve. I'm going to piggyback off that. Yes, it does matter. Please go out and vote. Don't think it does not matter. Every little bit counts. We need your vote. So if you got time to get your hair and nails done, you got time to go out there and vote. So please just make sure that we at that registration at those voting boxes. And if you don't know where to go to vote, you can always find it online. They'll give you the up information also for your county, for your address. They will tell you that because you should get a card in the mail that gives you all that information where to actually go vote. And matter of fact, I need to make sure I find mine around this house because I have my voter card and, and somewhere else. They they can contact me. I know something about the voter rules in all the states and counties because I just know okay. these things. They can e- email me, and I'll get them to the right people. Wonderful. Thank you, Steve. We needed that, and I'm, I will have you on next time around elections, maybe even sooner than later, maybe after elections are done. <laughs> we can still talk about it and our, the outcome of it all. Steve, thank you so much. Well, thank you, and, and God bless your show, and, 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 and good luck to everybody voting in the next 30 days at these elections. They need you. Thank you. Thank you. Before we actually leave, um, my truth for the day for my friend Mary Ellen is this. Explore new professions or hobbies to find your path towards personal fulfillment. 
Embrace your potential by exploring new professions or hobbies. Look about you today to find endless possibilities. Your enthusiasm for work and play will be elevated because you are seeing through optimistic eyes. Take stock of your goals in order to determine if they truly represent your desires. You may be on an incorrect path or you may need to achieve balance in your life. Nurture a strong sense of optimism in your soul, knowing that within you is the courage to aim higher. As you strive for success, visualize the future you desire as well as the means to attain it. Today, explore to create rich rewards and find your higher self. Enjoy the day, everyone. Make sure you please go out to vote. And while you're thinking about that, I'm going to be watching the further update on Pope Francis. So enjoy your day. You have a blessed one. I'll see you the next time on Blog Talk Radio, The Bright Side with Dexisha. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.